0: Welcome to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with host, Lane Nordland. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another conversation here on the Cattleman's Call podcast. Lane Nordland, happy to be joining you here today. And man, oh man, we have seen some adverse weather over the past week. We saw parts of Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming having one to two feet of snow as cattle producers are calving. Other parts of the nation got rain. Other parts got nothing at all. It's been a very interesting uh, weather events. And the wind is blowing in Montana, and I know it's blowing in Nebraska for producers tuning in from there. It uh, It's springtime, that's for sure. But uh, a lot on producers' minds here as we move through the spring of 2022, drought being one of those number one issues. But, hey, uh, we are, we're happy to be back here with you today. And, uh... Uh, I want to introduce our, our guest for today. Uh, Mr. Paul Crop is joining us from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He is uh, with our friends at Central Life Sciences. And and for folks that are, uh, know the Central Life Sciences team, uh, maybe they met them out in the countryside or at the NCBA trade show, uh, they know they have some great tools to to really uh, help cattle producers maximize their profits. And, and I like to say, keep certain pests from feeding on your profits that of course being flies but uh, paul how, how are things going in in northeast oklahoma today
1: well actually uh thank you for having me on the program today um so yeah it's it's actually chilly today but we've had some up and down weather um we're starting to see a little bit of green grass and and um and, and it's an exciting time of the year as we're starting to uh, uh work with our cattle and and um, find some opportunities and we know we're in a in an unstable, uh, environment today with costs and everything else. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's still exciting. And, uh, as cattle producers, you know, that's, it's a livelihood and, and it's a passion and, and, uh, in some ways it's a heritage and, and this is what we do every day.
0: So, Paul, what what are the conditions like uh, in Oklahoma and, and the other regions that uh, you work with, uh, cattlemen and women, uh, day in and day out? What 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 are the range uh, conditions out there? What are the, what are the, some of those uh, those winter and spring crops looking like uh, here in the spring of two thousand and twenty-two?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, you know we've got some some moisture in some spots. Uh, it's it's kind of hit and miss, to be honest. Uh, I travel around the country and and get to see a lot of different, uh, areas. And, um, so it, it's kind of a mixed bag, uh, to be honest. Um, but, uh, it just from certain situations, uh, I think right here in Oklahoma, we're, we're about to see some green grass pop and, and, uh, so we're excited about that. Um, you know, I, I think it's, we're going to just ultimate goal is we are just going to try to maximize our forage. And I think everybody else is, is trying to take that same approach with input costs changing and, and just some of that uncertainty. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, Still a little early to tell um, of kind of where we're at. We're seeing some, some seasonality going on. We've you know, seen some winter storms. Uh, we've seen some some tornadoes. We've seen some some uh, adverse, extreme weather conditions, but uh, that's kind of normal springtime around here, and, and um, we're always dodging tornadoes in Oklahoma, and that's just part of what we do.
0: So, Paul, a little bit more about yourself. Are you from Oklahoma originally, or how did you find yourself uh, there in, in the Tulsa area? Uh, yes,
1: sir. Uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um, my father was a beef nutritionist at Oklahoma State for 42 years um, before his retirement. And uh, yeah, so I've been raised in the cattle background. Um, I spent a number of my years in the equine business, um, working with racehorses and and, uh, and working throughout the, the equine industry. Um, but I found my way back and, and spending a lot of time with uh, in the cattle business. Um, I also have the opportunity to work with a number of different species, so but that's exciting. Um, but I find myself uh, spending the majority of my time today and, and, uh, and helping cattle producers maximize their resources and, and get the most out of their, their operations and, and help them reach their full genetic potential with their animals.
0: Now, Paul, Central Life Sciences, they have a diverse portfolio for farmers and ranchers uh, from the crop side to the livestock end of things. Uh, Could you just share a little bit of an overview uh, of what Central Life Sciences provides ag producers?
1: Yeah, Central Life Sciences has a a wide variety of products, like you said, um, from grain treatments to uh, feed through fly application or feed through fly control applications to also baits, sprays. A number of different mechanisms the goal for all of our products is to try to minimize insect infestation and and try to limit um, production loss whether it's from grain production um, whether it's from you know cattle production um, across the board throughout agriculture we've got products that uh, our ultimate goal is they all pretty much help the producer or, or reduce loss and so from from insects and so it's a uh, we kind of live in the insect game and uh if there's uh, a pest out there um we probably have a product that can help minimize the damages
0: now a lot of our listeners are very familiar with Altacid igr uh, uh dealing with horn flies but uh, you do have a newer product on uh, on the market that it, it goes outside of the uh, horn fly realm is that correct
1: yes sir yeah we've got a, a we've got two feet to fly control products um they, there's some similarities, but there's also some differences in in, in the mechanism. But uh, so we have Altacid IGR, and we also got Clarifly Larvicide. And so, as you mentioned, Altisud IGR is targeted and designed to take care of the horn fly, which is actually the number one pest, uh, external pest that we see in pasture cattle. Um, Clarifly is built a little bit differently. It's it's designed to cover the four main species of flies um, from uh, you know the house fly, the stable fly, which we consider premise flies, to the face fly and horn fly, which we can t- consider pasture flies, and so that product is is it's a chitin inhibitor, so it's a little bit different. Um, but you know, from a, just the the normal standpoint, they're both feed through fly control products. They they both work in the manure to to stop that life cycle of, of that fly species. So yeah, it's a it's a little bit different. Um, we see that majority used in confinement situations where they have multiple fly pressures. Um, And and that's really what it gets back to at the end of the day is what, you know, what is my problem fly species? And, and so that can help direct us left or right to determine which product is best fit for your operation.
0: Now, maybe uh, circling back to Altacid uh, it's so intriguing to, to look at the data of how much, uh, economic impact a horn fly has on the U.S. beef cattle industry. Am I correct in saying it's a billion dollar annual loss, and uh, just the stress that it causes on cattle?
1: Yes, um, unfortunately, yeah. We see um, it's about a billion dollars loss annually, and and that that ranks right up there with some BRD and, and some other. Things that we can face as cattle producers. But uh, to really drill that down and to make it even, maybe this is even more of a bigger impact as you look at this on a cost per head per day. I mean, I'm sorry, a cost per head per, you know, annually is about $40. And so we typically see that whether it's through uh, mastitis that might be created through with uh, the help of flies, uh, pregnancy rates dropping, lower body condition scores in our animals. Um, a number of different factors come into play because these flies creep stress and stress has a lot of negative effects. And so at $40 was kind of what the data will show is what our economic loss is per cow per year. It's pretty significant.
0: Where where do horn flies really thrive? Is it is it more out in the pasture, it, it, out in paddies, or what 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 is the the optimum place where those larvae are really taking advantage uh, of uh, hatching and and then uh, feasting on our bovine?
1: Our number one external pest uh, to pasture cattle is the horn fly, and and they're blood suckers. Um, they can you know in a particular situation, they take upwards to about 40 blood meals per day. Um, so as we, as we think about that, it's just one or two flies. That doesn't, doesn't sound significant, but in some of these situations when you have a horn fly infestation that can get into the thousands and, and, and that can relate to, you know, 12 to 15 gallons of blood loss per animal per season, which is significant. Um, so as we talk about that, it's, 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 these flies, the the horn fly specifically, they're pretty host specific. Um, they don't have great flying strength, but they they will. What they'll do is that female fly will leave that host animal, lay eggs in fresh manure less than five minutes old, and so that cycle continues. And so how Alphacid works is we're not actually treating the animal, but we're actually feeding this product. The animal is we're using the animal as a delivery mechanism to deposit that uh, compound, methoprene into the manure where, where those female flies are laying eggs and stops that life cycle. Um, so it, it's a unique approach. Um, that's why we don't have any uh, known resistance today. It's probably been on the market for a number of years. And so that's one of the, the main benefits of Alphacid and just, that, just the feed through fly control process or, or mechanism is it makes it very user friendly and simple.
0: And when we talk about altacid being uh, just for horn flies, that means that a producer's investment is, at that, is targeted at that fly itself and not other species that really do have a minimal impact on beef cattle. It, it truly is just targeted at that horn fly that is causing, like you said, $40 per head uh, possible damage uh, going untreated.
1: Yeah. Um, and so like I said, we, that's the number one fly species that we see in pasture cattle. Now the question comes back to is, and as we talked about clarify as, as another option, um, it, the, both products, like I said, uh, work to to stop that life cycle. They, they do it a little different, but, uh, just, just for ease of discussion, um, they're, the process of is stopping the life cycle instead of killing the adults per se. And so, um, what, where that question comes in to be is what is our problem fly species? So if we get into some situations where we've got smaller pastures, we're rotational grazing, uh, maybe we have a back, back yard on site or relatively close. Um, so the, the first thing that producer needs to decide is what is my problem fly species? Am I getting some house flies coming from, from a, some confinement situations? Am I seeing some face flies? Uh, you know, those type of things, help me make my decisions, and if I'm getting multiple fly pressures, which uh, sometimes happens in some uh, smaller paddocks, um, dry lot feeding situations, or even some, some small pasture rotational grazing situations, um, then, then I kind of look at uh, maybe applying Clarifly um, and using that technology. So, you know, outset is really built for that, for that herd that is out on pasture and that is the, the main uh, problem fly species that we're seeing today.
0: And with drought being as prominent as it is across much of the, the West and the Midwest, uh, what do producers need to consider as, as we look at uh, hopefully turning out to summer pasture? I, I know grass is, is, is a top, very, uh, very important commodity that there's not a lot of uh, across much Western states. How, how does drought factor into uh, fly control and also just body conditioning as we look at our, our beef cattle?
1: Well, that, that's a great question, Lane. And as we, as we step back a little bit as cattle producers, you know, our ultimate goal is to raise as much pounds of beef per acre as efficiently as we can. And so, um, you know, that's why we really take a focus on, on reducing, you know, fly infestation because they can take our gains away from us. You know, they're blood suckers and, and, and that blood loss and that stress that's created, you know, causes what would, you know, consider that $40 loss per cow per year. But so as as we figure out how drought is really playing into that is we want to maximize that available forage. And so if that if that available forage is in limited supply, um, you know, we're already stressed in terms of, you know, trying to help our animals reach their full genetic potential. And I seem to take a look at like that cow as a factory. So, you know, her job is to convert uh, a feedstuff in forage or whatever that's being fed to her. Um, and converting into something a little more profitable for us as producers, that being meat or milk. And so, um, when we have drought situations and maybe some of those feedstuffs are not as high quality as they were in the past, um, maybe they're in limited supply that even further pushes the point of, we don't, we want to keep that fly population to a minimum. And because we're, we're already struggling to, to maximize that, uh, herd efficiency as it is. So you know, we don't want to contribute that with a fly infestation, and and, um, and and just makes it more difficult for us to to have a positive return on
0: investment. Absolutely. What what are some of the testimonials you have with uh, producers out in the countryside that are maybe a little bit skeptical about the product, or, or, or that uh, two to three cents uh, uh, that we're looking cost wise? What 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 are some of those testimonials of folks that uh, you know do try the product and then they tr- become true believers?
1: You know, that two to three cents per day is, is relatively similar to some other mechanisms, um, whether it be, you know, ear tags, sprays, um, you know, other type of, and so those would be considered adulticides that are, we're trying to kill those adults. We're taking a different approach. And so that paradigm shift of, of, uh, for a producer that maybe hasn't used it in the past um, that's kind of one of the big learning curves for people. But, um, so that, that cost is relatively the same as we walk across those, maybe those three mechanisms as we talk about tags, sprays, and feed through. Um, but then it gets back to the days of efficacy and, and there is some differences there that, uh, is pretty significant. All those products work. Um, there's just some limitations with tags and sprays, um, that we kind of work around and manage. So, As we talk about that and try to use all these tools because you know uh we're not going to see any new compounds you know in the foreseeable future um so we got to really work with what we have and and um, they're great products but we also need to manage them effectively and so by using a feed through like altitude or clarify as your base of your fly control program this allows us to maybe use some of these other mechanisms be a tag or a spray if we have a flare-up we have You know, intake that drops. There's a number of different factors that come into play um, that might have, you know, cause a flush of flies uh, to impact our herd. So we can use those things that might have a resistance to it. And so um, we want to keep those in our toolbox and have them available when we need them. So um, that's. So back to your original question about what are producers saying about using alpacid it's just how user-friendly it is. So if you're putting mineral out, alta or clarifly goes into that mineral. And so the cattle is going to consume it and they're going to deposit that, that compound in the manure where those female flies are laying eggs and stopping that life cycle. So I don't really have to touch the cattle. I don't have to run them through a chute, Um, and it works throughout the continuous fly season, as long as intake is consistent and, and we've got the product available in, in the right way. So, um, just the user friendly aspect of it is probably one of the biggest things we hear about, and is one of our, you know, uh, the, the biggest uh, selling points of utilizing a feed through fly control. It's just how easy it is. And so, um, that, that's, you know, that in today's world, we're all busy. We got a lot of things going on. And some producers, you know, um, feeding cattle is not the only thing that they do. So, um, anytime we can make it a little bit easier. Uh, to control a problem or fix a problem, that seems like a, a, a big win.
0: So for for folks that maybe have used this tried and true over the years or there's a producer that has you know maybe they're thinking about it maybe they they, they believe they their horn fly situation uh, isn't as bad as as it could be but uh, what what is the research when we're looking at average daily weight gains uh, for cattle treated with dasid what what are some of those studies on on actual increases in weight gain
1: you know we've had some uh, some data that goes back uh, multiple years um, and, and always seeing the benefits there of, of, keep, by keeping that horn fly population down, keeping that fly infestation to a minimum, we can really allow that animal to flourish. And so, you know, there's some recent data out of Oklahoma state that, uh, you know, looked at some stalker cattle and saw, you know, increased uh, weight gain of about 15%. Um, that's pretty significant. And, and, you know, so we, if we look at that at three tenths, you know, per head per day, over the length of the trial, um, that gets back to it at a dollar forty-five hundred weight. You know, that's forty dollars. So that forty dollars comes back to us as we just talked about earlier. And so, in some ways, you can actually pay for your mineral program just from the additional uh, revenue that we're getting by keeping those pop- fly populations to a minimum. So, like I said, the the ROI uh, is looking at about you know thirteen to one, and so that's that's. That's great numbers, and uh, you know, and all the uncertainty. There's a lot of things we can't control, but the one thing we can is uh, is, is controlling a horn population that's gonna, you know, reduce our our overall profits at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what that data shows, and and, and this data has actually compared to some that we've had back in the 80s and 90s. That uh, that all kind of fits in that same boat. Um, about three, two to three tenths. You know, and weight gain, um, and seeing that uh, that that nice improvement, and and putting more pounds of beef, you know, on the scale, and uh, and that puts more money into our pocket.
0: Now, also, Paul, a lot of a lot of ranches out there. We have our equine friends that help us uh, get tasks on the on the, on the ranch uh, done on a timely manner. Are, are there any uh, options uh, for for uh, horses or equine products uh, with uh, with fly control?
1: Most definitely um so Clarifly is has got uh, multiple species that it's approved for so we've we've got uh, cattle swine equine, and even uh, uh sheep and goats so that's a product that uh, that works extremely well and um, so if you' if you've got horses specifically that you're wanting to to target uh, that's the product of choice um, so it would be Clarifly. and it's formulated a little bit differently you know. It, it's it's formulated, and uh, uh, your feed manufacturers or wherever you're getting product does a great job of making sure that's correct. Um, but yeah, that that product's available to uh, to keep those fly populations down uh, with those animals as well.
0: Now, some folks may be thinking, is it best to get this in a lick tub form, in a in a loose form? What 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 are what are some of the best ways that folks can uh, utilize it and get Altacid out to their cattle?
1: Well, Altacid is is can work in a number of different mechanisms we can mix it straight into feed um we can also uh um, buy it in a commercially available um you know supplement whether it be a tub or a loose mineral um a block as well and so th- it works the same across the board in all those different uh, application options and um, so it's really it's kind of what, what fits best with a producer's operation and what fits best with uh with how they want to uh, provide nutrition support. So since we're going hand in hand in that in that mineral product or even that feed product, it just uh, it's just a bolt on and works works really well. We don't have to do anything extra. Um, you know you can work with your local feed manufacturer to uh, to incorporate Altacid or Clarify um, into your current feeding situation.
0: What is the best way to find a feed dealer that carries Altacid in their product?
1: Well, I would I'd start with where you're buying feed today um, and, and just ask them, you know, do you have Alpsit or clarify available? Because um, I'm very interested in utilizing this technology to keep my, po- my fly populations down. Um, that would be the first place to start. Um, you could actually also reach out to us at Central Life Sciences um, and, and we're available on the web to contact us and maybe we can even help you point you in the right direction and find that supplier for you. Um, it's readily available around the country um and uh but i would start with your your current feed supplier today and uh, just ask them you know hey i'm interested in Alsid or i'm interested in Clarify and uh how best can we put this into uh my program
0: well paul we covered a lot of different areas important areas uh not not just during a drought year but but year round but uh, specifically i know folks are they're they're looking at so many different uh factors impacting their operations uh, this year but, uh, overall, what, what are some last closing thoughts that you would just like to share with our audience here today?
1: Well, the one thing to kind of keep in mind is we're, you know, we're, we're here in April. Um, so fly season is right upon us. And in some areas of the country, we're already, uh, you know, got flies emerging. And, and I would say that's the most important thing as we look at trying to control those, those flies is, is getting product out, you know, in a timely fashion. We want to be ahead of the curve. Um, we want to get this product out. We want that manure treated before these flies emerge. And, you know, and as it seems like they just pop up just one day, here they are. Um, and so by being proactive, we're going to do a better job. We're going to get ahead of them. And we're going to be able to uh, to keep those fly populations to a minimum. Now, that doesn't always occur. And sometimes we get caught. If we're already have flies emerging and, and we just didn't get to them in time, um, you know, we can take a couple steps to reset the button, so to speak, and, and, and get back on track. We can either get our cattle up, we can spray, um, we can knock those adults down, get, the, get the outsider of the clarifly into our feed, um, get that manure treated. And then once those flies start laying eggs, those female flies laying eggs, in that manure, it's going to be treated. And we're going to keep that population down. So even if we're behind the curve, so to speak, a little bit, we got caught um, it's, we can still catch up. Uh, we just have to take a couple additional steps. So that's, I would say that's one of the most important things as we get into fly season, you know, that, that fly life cycle is about 28 days. And so just an average. And, and so that's kind of an easy way to think about that is, um, what we need to do. Um, one of the biggest questions is, uh, when should I start feeding this product? And, um, and actually we're right now at the cusp of fly season and in some parts of the country down South, you know, it's, it's almost 365 days a year. But for the majority of the country, we're just now, we're in April, and now's the time to get that product out. We want to be ahead of the curve. We want, to, we want this product out and, and treating manure before flies emerge, and that, that's the ideal situation. Um, and, and say, for example, if we, if we wait a little bit, because um, that fly life cycle is about 20, 28 days, and so if we wait a little bit, that's okay. Um, we can get cattle up, we can spray, knock those adults down, and then allow this feed-through fly control product to take over and to keep those and to minimize that population. So that's one of the most important things is we're getting into fly season right now. Um, and, just, and just making sure that we got good intakes and, and, and managing our cattle effectively, that would say is, is one of the most important things is since this product is seasonal and, and we can seem like we can kind of get caught uh you know all of a sudden one day boom we have a lot of flies and we're seeing that stress on our animals so you know every day that we our cattle stress is one day they're not operating as efficiently as we'd like and so you know as a reminder as as cattle producers you know we just that's that's our goal is to maximize that genetic potential match maximize that herd efficiency and and don't let the flies steal the gains from us so um that's one of the most important things
0: well again uh, folks are all already adding supplements out there those lick tubs the loose mineral the 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 uh, blocks that they have out and just having that option of including Altasid or the other products that Central Life Sciences is providing just makes it that much more easy less man hour just to be able to improve that body condition on cattle it, it's so important
1: Yeah most definitely and like I said it's we're we're in challenging times and and it's our job's tough enough. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to maximize that forage. And, and so, like I said, it's, uh, it's just one tool in the toolbox. There's no silver bullet in fly control to be honest. And, um, and not saying that outset is either. And, uh, so, you know, we're never going to be fly free if there's, if there's anything else that anybody takes away from this, uh, podcast today is that, uh, we're never going to be fly free, but, you know, as long as we keep under about a 200 flies per, per head, um, Data is going to support that, uh, you know, our cattle are going to do well and um, they're, they're going to maximize that forage. They're going to they're going, they're going to do as well as they can. And so whenever we start exceeding over that 200 fly threshold, it's kind of when we start seeing that stress starting to steal some gains from us. And so, um, you know, like I said, we'll never be fly free. But, hey, there's there's definitely ways to keep fly populations to a minimum and and uh, and, and allow us to, to flourish as cattle producers.
0: Well, again, for for more information to our listeners, I'd encourage you to... uh, look up Central Life Sciences online. Of course, talk with those trusted feed dealers uh, near you that uh, that are carrying Altacid products uh, or, or uh, Clarifly or w- whatever it might be to, to make sure that we're taking care of those pesky flies. And uh, at the end of the day, keeping our livestock in mind, uh, all, all about the uh, uh, weight gain, body conditioning, and just uh, making sure we're producing the, the best beef out there in the the countryside so paul uh, i want to thank you for joining us here today and shedding more light on on these important options that producers should consider
1: well thank you lane and uh like i said we're that's what we're we're here to do is just try to help producers uh be more profitable uh, help them with their operations and 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 just in these uncertain times take one worry away from them and uh if that if we can do that then then we'll have a successful uh, day And uh, I appreciate it again for giving Central Life Sciences and myself an opportunity to, to share some thoughts with you.
0: Well, we appreciate it, too. And I know our listeners here on the Cattleman's Call podcast do as well. Well, friends, that will do it for our conversation here today. I'm Lane Nordland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with Lane Nordland. For more information, visit ncba.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.